Welcome to Set That Bitch Free, the Your Inner Babe podcast. I have a beautiful guest today. She's like one of my favorite people in this entire world. If you follow me on Instagram, you've seen me post not only pictures of her because she's gorgeous inside and out, but all the pictures that she takes of me. Um, she's beyond talented. Alicia, she's she's amazing. Okay, you guys, she's a true storyteller. And I admire not only her ability to shoot photography, but just her ability to be so herself. She honestly, honestly, from the bottom of my heart has such a gift. I just called her a creative magician before this. Um, and that's exactly what she is. So welcome, Alicia. I love you so much. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. The feeling is so mutual. I have been a fan of your podcast and a fan of you. I feel like I've been girl crushing on you ever since we met in Chicago. So this is our first conversation, not IRL, and it it still feels great. It still feels great. And I mean, Alicia is also a podcast host. She has the Freelance Hustle, which is amazing. And she has an amazing mic because <laughs> she's a host. So this is so much fun for me to just hear her so clearly and for you to all hear her so clearly. Yes. Sound audio has become like the sexiest thing to me lately. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. <laughs> I really, and speaking of sexy, like you're, you have like a sultry, like your voice like works over the podcast. I've noticed when I was listening listening to yours too. I think it's the mic. I, I swear I don't sound like this in real life all the time, but I think the microphone just does a little like something special to, <laughs> to everyone's vocal cords. So thank you. Awesome. You're welcome. Um, so I just want to dive right in. I mean, I know you, we've talked a little bit about this together, but you first picked up a camera in high school. I think you said to me before, like you knew when you had a gift, when you could make people feel comfortable in front of the camera. And that is so true. Like, I think when I first started shooting with you, it took us like, what, three, I mean, three really awkward shots in the beginning, but that was not you. And then all of a sudden we were just like flowing. So how did you get into photography though? Yeah. I mean, look, I, I can't say that I was always that when I was, you know, 15, 16 years old, but I think anyone as they're growing up and trying to figure out what it is they take a liking to and feel connected to, I always had such a strong gravitational force toward photography. And I still remember the first photo I ever took. It was for a high school photography project. And I just took a photo of like a sketched, um, like an engraved heart with names on it in a bench. And it's obviously like a terrible photo, but at the time I thought I was a creative genius and I was like, oh, wow, I really love this. And I don't think I ever thought of myself as good, but I just, for me, concentrating in school was always really challenging for me. And photography was the only thing that I could do for hours and hours. And I remember we had a digital imaging class in high school and I never wanted to leave the room. And that was like so crazy for me because I just wasn't very academic. And so I knew that there was something there, but I come from a pretty traditional family where, you know, there's no one in the arts in my family. So I thought that this would just be really a lifelong hobby. And I went to a pretty standard public school where people didn't really advocate for arts as a full-time job. Um, so it never, it never really even came 
like into my atmosphere until undergrad, until college, where I could really just uh, explore my art and try new things with it. I actually applied to art school my freshman year and got denied. So yeah, anyone who's listening, like (laughs) take yourself um, up and try again. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I remember getting that not acceptance letter, denial letter, whatever you call that. And, um, yeah. And just thinking to myself like, okay, yeah, this isn't going to be for me, but I'll just always love doing it. So I just really never stopped doing it. And then in college, my friends and I would just mess around all the time. And that um, that was around the time my friend Alyssa Wasco was at the University of Arizona and she was starting a scarf company out of um, out of just the passing of her dad. So uh, just as really a passion project, we started photographing her scarf company and yeah, just taking on smaller projects like that. Um, I didn't become serious about photography until I would say about 2013. I had gotten passed down for me my grandfather's Rolleiflex medium format camera and I was at a job that was pretty uninspiring. I was actually doing sourcing work for Diane von Furstenberg. So I was like talking to China every day, getting plates developed. Um, So when I would walk home from work in New York, I would just always have my camera on me and start taking photos again a little more seriously. And that wasn't around when Instagram was even really a thing yet. So I remember like having a Tumblr page and just uploading all my photos to Tumblr. And yeah, um, like here we are now, I guess there's a lot that's happened from 2013 until now, but it's all been like a very steady, slow uphill learning curve for me. Well, you're truly i i say this to you all the time and i'm i'm not even biased you're truly like the real deal you're so fucking talented it's unbelievable oh thank you i mean you're welcome but it's <laughs> the truth i would say what really stuck out to me about your work or with your work i guess would is the style like you just have such a vibe and you really you can tell in the photo of your subject i guess you could say your model whatever we want to call it you can tell how comfortable they are you know? and and i said this in when i was introing you like you really do make people feel so comfortable but like how do you do that i guess what is what is the process because i get questions about this all the time like oh i hate taking pictures like i feel so awkward how do i get comfortable and I always say, yeah, you know, of course I, I have experience with it and yes, there's a confidence factor that comes with it, but it really is so much about the photographer and the photographer's ability to direct and communicate. And I would love you to share your process because you're just so good at it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's, I mean, it again, hasn't been something that it's definitely become a trained eye and a trained voice. I remember in back in college, my best friend, uh, Kelsey, she and I would take portraits together a lot of times. And she is a really forthcoming personality and individual. And she would say to me, like, Alicia, you're not directing me enough. Like, I need you to talk to me more. So I got critiqued by my friends early on. And I mostly only photographed my friends early on. So it got me really comfortable 
coming up to strangers and saying, you know, learning how to give them cues without making them feel uncomfortable or self-conscious. My number one thing whenever a subject comes in front of me is I always want them to feel they're most confident, they're most beautiful, and I want them to feel safe. I feel like that's always my number one thing, especially when I meet someone new. I'm sure you've even noticed now that we've shot together more, maybe my style around you has changed a little because we know each other now. So I think whenever I meet someone for the first time, I just understand the vulnerability that comes with getting your photo taken. And I've always come from this client experience standpoint. And I don't know, maybe I've just always had this compassion, understanding towards human beings. And I I think that's why to the core photography I've been so drawn to is I, it sounds so cliche, but I really do feel like you can either look at it from a superstitial standpoint with photography, or you can say to yourself, like, I'm here to capture someone's essence. And how can I bring that essence out in that person? So I just try to give people space. I try to give people like really valuable cues and not in an intimidating way. And I just try to connect to the person before we start shooting so that they slowly feel just more confident and and safe around me. Yeah, it really comes through. I think honestly, we all obviously are born on this earth to have a purpose. I know we've actually had this conversation. We're all here to have a purpose or we have a purpose or whatever. And yours is so very clearly to document other people and, you know, in life. And, um, you also shoot a shit ton of weddings. Yes. Um, I met you post wedding. So that's unfortunate, but yeah. Like how'd you get into wedding photography? Or I guess what is the difference between, you know, shooting me, for example, and shooting a couple? Well, I got into wedding photography back in 20. 15. Uh, 2014, I had been laid off from my job and I decided to take a little hiatus from the severance that I was given. So I went away. I actually worked on a farm for two months just to totally clear my head. And then when I came back to New York, I said to myself, all right, I need to make photography workable for my life and I need to be smart about it. And something my dad has always told me that's really stuck with me is I don't care what you do, just be good at what you do and like make sure you can make a living doing what you're doing. And so when I really broke down, you know, deciding that I wanted to do photography full time, I I just really like laid out, okay, what am I good at? You know, I I had tried doing some food photography, some interior photography. That wasn't really my thing. I always knew people were my thing. So then I broke it down even more and I just thought to myself, how can I make a living doing this without completely selling my soul and also feeling like I was living this stable life? Because I always joke that I'm a type A creative, but like I don't ever, I never really wanted to be that freelance artist that like got a job here and there and like never knew what was around the corner. So I think naturally, and that was also the time I was 26 years old. So 26 or 27. So I, yeah, 26, sorry. (laughs) Um, So I knew like if I worked at that, at at weddings really hard and kind of went for that, 
then by the time I built my portfolio up enough, I'd be 28, 29, and then my peers around me would be getting engaged. So I dove in knowing that I was just going to trust that process, do everything that I could to like work myself up until that. And I think in the freelance community, and especially in the photography world, they always tell you it's really good to have your niche and stay in your lane or else people won't really understand what to even book you for. So I think naturally from just going after weddings and people photography in general, and then when this new age of Instagram and content creation came around, I think naturally shooting people like you and a few other people back in New York, that was just like a natural sidestep um, from weddings. So it's not something um, – I mean, I guess I did intentionally fall in into that. And shooting people is genuinely just what I enjoy doing. So I think it's hit all my boxes of like, I can make a living doing this. I can feel extremely fulfilled with the job that I'm doing. And I can live my life with freedom. Yeah. I mean, I completely can relate to the type A freelance person. I mean, like I was obviously an actress before I ever pursued any sort of coaching or anything that I'm doing now. And I knew from the bottom of my heart that acting wasn't it because I had no control and because like waiting around for that next job or like the maybe or whatever was not going to work for me. And I ended up following obviously this other dream and you know, self-worth plays such a role in that. Clearly in all of this, like I'd listen to you speak and it's like you very clearly recognize your worth within all of this. And I think that that's so important because to follow your dreams and to pursue a career in freelance photography or anything for that matter, there is an element of like, yeah, you have to work your ass off, but you also have to deeply believe that you're worthy of that, you know, and making it happen. Absolutely. And I think there is this formula of like, Yes, I think you you do need to have this tactical thing that you're like, no, no, I, I'm good at this. And I think it first was me recognizing like, okay, this isn't just something that I keep doing. I've I've gotten enough feedback besides people like my mom. That's like, even though she's still my number one fan, but you know, I I, I kind of just made the decision like, yeah, okay, like I'm good. And now it's like, how do I monetize on that? And how do I execute that? And for you, like, you know, you are someone who can inspire and make people feel their best selves. And I'm sure you found that through helping your friends and your family. And once you listened enough to that in your head, you were probably same thing to yourself. Like, all right, well, how do I now make this something that I can do for for my work? And I think like, some people are really lucky. I mean, I always joke that like I got really lucky with freelance because everyone's always going to need to get married. So it's not like I have this, it's not like I'm like really good at um, yarn making, you know, and I'm like rely all on my Etsy shop for like maybe someone buying my thing, you know, like I have a skill that people need. So for that part, I think a little bit of luck has always played into that. But yeah, it's been like a really beautiful journey to see myself go on. And I look back at those early years on, you know, 2015, 2016, and I'm like, oh my God, I I did. I worked my ass off and I like lived in a 
shitty Bushwick apartment and like worked as a hostess at a restaurant. But I think I always had the big five-year plan picture in mind. So it's always what just kept me going. Yeah. And I mean, that's got to give you confidence too. You know what I mean? And your abilities and seeing, you know, seeing the product. It's like, you see these pictures, you see my reaction to these pictures, you know, and it's like, that's got to boost your confidence and your ability. And I think I'm th- I was thinking when you were speaking about when I realized that my thing was my thing. And I think it was when I could pinpoint like, oh, what I'm saying or the advice that I'm giving or my struggles and what I have personally gone through, that is fueling me or giving me the ability to impact other people. And then when I see that impact actually working or when I see the advice actually working or the tools actually working. It's like, that's when I feel my most confident. It's like, I can take all these pictures with you and I could love them. And I can like say really nice things to myself when I see them, but I don't feel my most confident when like I'm shooting a bra for Notori. Right. Right. (laughs) I don't, I don't. I mean, I'm lucky and so fortunate that I have you and we get to like create all this fun shit and like experiment, but I feel my most confident when I'm doing what I'm best at. And that is working with people. And it's, it's gotta be similar for you. It's like, you have to feel, or I would assume you feel your most confident when you're shooting. Yeah. I always joke if I'm ever at an event or like a social gathering and I don't have my camera there, I turn into like a shell of a human. I feel like whenever I'm most confident is when I have my camera on me and I'm able to sort of blend into the background. I've never really been like a super extroverted person. And I think my photography shows in that. I kind of feel like now five years in, my camera is literally an extension. It's like my third arm basically at this point. It looks so so natural and normal. And you wear it like a purse. And and I'm like, this is not okay. I look weird. (laughs) It really does. It's Uh, like seeing you with the camera. I think if I didn't see you with the camera, I would be like, hmm. Yeah. Like what's she doing? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But what would you say? I mean, because there's obviously so many wedding photographers or creative. Um, I mean, photography is a competitive and creative, you know, I mean, no way to spin it other than that. But what would you say differentiates you and your style to other wedding or to other lifestyle photographers? Well, I think you were going and even like going back to, you know, how you, de- I developed my style. I just always have tried to really like, it sounds cliche, but really open my eyes and see what's around me. I've always said the best creative detox for me is put my camera down, go into nature and like tell nobody about it. Any creatives that are listening, there's a book by Marley Grace called How to Not Always Be Working. And it's kind of been like my Bible of creative book. Um, And I've always just really maintained my mental health and like creative awareness so that I can keep creating. This year, I actually took all of February off because I was just so burnt out and I like couldn't see new things. And it helped so much just propel me for like what I wanted to create and what I wanted to focus on for the year. And I think Instagram has been a really amazing tool for a lot of photographers. But what I always encourage people to do is like get a magazine subscription, like get like a kinfolk magazine in your home and like something that I've tried to start practicing is 
in the morning before I start working or especially before I have a shoot. I just whip out like all my archive magazines that are in my home and I just flip through them and get inspiration from that. Um, Because I think nowadays, like nothing is totally original. I think you just have to tune into what you see. And I've always been really aware of composition. I don't know. It's, It's a tool and a practice. And I think people are always looking for the quick fix. And I hate to break it to you, but there's no quick fix. Any art form is something that you need to do a lot, a lot, a lot of. And even before I photographed you, I mean, I must have taken hundreds and thousands of photos to like prepare myself to then have someone like you who is so amazing and someone who back in 15, I would dream of getting an email saying like, will you take my photo? So, you know, you got to earn it to, you got to work it to earn it. Oh my God. I mean, I could cry. (laughs) I remember emailing you being like, hope she emails me back. Like, (laughs) oh my God. Like Instagram versus reality or honestly, like the difference, the perspective. It's like you getting my email and me sending the email to you. I remember seeing you and being like, and when I got this, this partnership with Notori, I was like, I honestly can't picture a single other photographer who would like shoot this better than Alicia and I don't even know her, but something was drawing me towards you. And and I really do think that it was bleeding through your photos. And that's why I keep coming on back. I you can come on back whenever you want. <laughs> I was thinking when you were speaking about the inspiration, like that's kind of what I do as a model, I guess. Because I mean, you know how I like to shoot content. I I don't ever want it to feel forced. Like I really want it to feel very much like me and and art, you know? And I think that's probably why we connect so well because we like to create and we like to like try new things. And I mean, I always DM you things being like this or like super inspired by this. And no, that doesn't mean take it and do that thing. It just means like there's a feeling or a vibe or something coming out of this that I'm inspired by. Let's try and make it our own, you know? And that's the beautiful thing about trying new things. And like something that I think creatives need to be more okay with is like not actually having a photo turn out that good. And like, that's okay. It's there's, I feel like the longer that I've been doing this, the more that this expectation of like, and it's, it's so flattering that like you say jokingly, like a photo magician, but it's, it also comes with this pressure of like, will I deliver every time? Like I still get, if I, if I stop feeling nervous before shoots, then I feel like I haven't been pushing myself enough. So it's, it's something that like, I'm always striving to do better at. And, and I think tapping into either external environments or photographers or creatives that you really admire, it can really ignite something beautiful when you're in that creative rut. Yeah. Totally. I think to Hoffman too. It's like I chose to go to the Hoffman process when I was feeling like totally burnt out. And I was so uninspired by things that I knew I loved. Like I I was like, this isn't me wanting to change my life up. This is me needing to like become connected again because I'm so disconnected. And um, so I do think honestly, digital breaks and all of that, taking a step back is so fucking important. Especially you travel nonstop. This year, like just trying to shoot with you is insane. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's been a, it's been a crazy year. It's been a year of a lot of growth and like trying to maintain my sanity at the same time. 
one thing that's like been really life changing is been seeing a therapist. So, and just overall giving myself a little more time to focus on me because I think, especially in the last two years, I've just like completely lost myself to this job that like I worked really, 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 really hard for. And now that it's here, I'm like, whoa, slow down. Like I can't, I, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. No, I think we all, we all want that. And I mean, busy is a choice. Stress is a choice, but like being able to maintain a healthy mindset in something that we love is, I feel like the most important. And I was going to ask you, like, how do you maintain a healthy mindset? But you answered my question already. I mean, therapy is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that you even just said that because um, I think it's so important to draw attention to the importance of mental health and prioritizing yourself in the context of whatever that looks like for you, you know? Well, and I think a lot of creatives are emotionally aware. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they like emotionally woke. And <laughs> 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 millennials are listening. So. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes with, I've always been an emotional person. And I think that's maybe why photography and the arts has always been my thing, but it also comes with a lot of intense thoughts and feelings and pinpoints and stresses. Um, And if I don't take care of myself, then it can really take a hold of me. So it's been, yeah, just something that I've always tried to practice and I, I've had a lot of different methods of maintaining my own health and wellness throughout the years. And I've just found that when I can be eating well and when I can be moving my body and when I can have my friends and family and loved ones around me, when I'm not having my camera or any technological distractions in my life, then I feel whole again. So I just try to create space for that as best as I can. And I'm not perfect. Some months are better than others, but I think right now I actually feel pretty good. So that's good. That, well, that makes me so happy, but also perfection just doesn't exist. I mean, that's like a simple Instagram caption for you, but it really doesn't. And and I think like you are the prime example of you don't have to be perfect to inspire other people. You just have to like own your shit and find your thing and let other people be inspired by that. And like, I am just every time you put, I mean, this, this most recent shoot that you did that I I'm salty because I wasn't a part of it, but (laughs) it was so good. Like you just, you DM'd me back being like, I I hope you don't care that I'm sharing this, but you're like, I have to not be afraid of studio lighting. And it's like, don't be afraid of studio lighting. You're clearly so fucking good at it. No, thanks. Well, and that was a shoot. So people who are listening, the reference shoot was, it was basically just, it was a studio shoot. It was a lookbook shoot for a local Chicago company. And she had sent me all of these Pinterest images. And most of them were all things like completely outside of my wheelhouse. Um, and I could have gone two routes. I could have like half-assed it and just shown up and like not have done my research and not have hired a lighting assistant and not have done half the things I did for the budget that she was giving me. But then I just made a choice of, no, I actually really want to push myself right now. And I really do miss the early years of like just busting my ass to get a shoot together when like you're getting paid in sandwiches and like free leggings from like, (laughs) you know, whatever, like, you know, it's so, um, yeah. And so I, that was a shoot that like I made 
a whole mood board for. I put together all of the creative direction down to every last detail. And I'm glad that it looks like it paid off. Yeah. So it's been cool to dive into new realms of photography. There's so many art forms within photo that I haven't even explored and that I'd love to. It's just hard when people are paying you and you show up and you're like, I want to try something new. (laughs) And they're like, wait, what? (laughs) I want you to just like give me your Alicia Tova good photo. (laughs) (laughs) Or you have me who's like, I'll do anything. (laughs) Yes. Well, that's why building relationships in your own community is so important. And to build that trust among people has been so life-changing for me. And it's allowed space to like, let me explore my craft and, and collaborate with other amazing people. And I've always really stressed that for people who are in the freelance world, you know, tap into the people that you want to get inspired by and work with and don't just like ask them for things. Like I've always learned from my mentors and peers that like an ask just feels disingenuous. You want a mutual, you want to help one another up. So I had this one person tell me in the beginning when I was starting out my freelance career, they said, don't ever ask someone to coffee. Like no one has free time if there's any at all successful to like just sit down and meet you for coffee and chat. Like instead say, hey, look, like I'd love to take a headshot for you. It seems like you could, you know, you would need a new PR photo. Like I'd love to rent a studio space for you and take your photo and just like learn more about you and your process. So yeah, I think building a community within your city or town or wherever you live is so important to the success of like you and everyone around you. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I'm all about that. I like that advice. Um, Now I don't really ask people to coffee, but now I'm never going to ask people to coffee again. So (laughs) people would want to go to coffee with you. (laughs) Different kind of coffee. Yeah. Um, yeah. (laughs) But you know, when I put you on my story, like, cause I was so excited about getting to talk to you today. I had a few people DM and ask me to ask you questions. And um, I mean, I, I get this question too all the time. And I said it earlier, but like, how do you, people want to know how to take a good photo? Like, how do I take a good photo? And I, I know that for me, I say not every photo is a good photo. Like think of the thousands of pictures you and I take, we sit and we go through them after. And I'm like, oh yeah, for sure. That one where like my eyes yeah. are closed like, yeah. my, <laughs> I look bizarre, you know? So yeah, for me, and you can um, fill in the blanks, but I feel like it's like people get so fixated on the end result, and it's like are so worried about what it's going to look like or what these pictures will look like. And to me, whenever I'm shooting, I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like that's the last thing on my mind. Really, yeah. will I get the shot? Because you're going to get the shot. You know, especially the more you let loose and really just be yourself, but. I would love from a photographer's perspective, like how, how do you take a good photo? What's your, yeah. I mean, I think getting again, like finding someone that you are inspired by and you trust and you want to collaborate with. I think that is like an amazing starting point for getting a good photo. And I mean, you do is such an incredible job. I love how you said you don't care about the end result. Cause that's how I feel when I'm photographing you, you, are like a unicorn in the way that you just like light up when the camera's on you. And I know that that's not like 99% of people who might be listening, 
But I think also educating yourself on like what good light is and like how to best utilize natural light and how to best utilize colors and patterns and textures in a way that is artistically beautiful and also finding your message. Like, why are you taking this photo? What do you want this photo to say? If you have that mindset going into the shoot, you might feel more when you are in the act of taking that photo. Totally. And I mean, like, I do think that there's some value in knowing how to dress for your body and angles and like basics like that. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Yeah. And again, that's why like working with people you trust can be really, really, really helpful. And yeah, like practicing, like practice what you're, how you feel your best self, like, and then be in a safe space where you can practice that. Yeah. I mean, people may think I'm lying, but I'm absolutely not lying. Anytime I'm shooting an outfit that I'm styling myself, I always pose in front of the mirror in it first. Yeah, totally. I always try it on and then be like, ooh, this would look good. Or like, I don't know, that won't work. And honestly, working with you and is is the best because you'll be like, no, Jack, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you look weird. <laughs> like, and I love and I love that because it doesn't mean like you failed, like it's over, shoot one. It just means like that wasn't working. Let's try something new. And I just think it, there's a way to be inspired by that as opposed to being like insecure or letting that make you feel insecure or any of that, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. So I had another question come through about um, like who has been your favorite person to work with or, you know, assist or shoot or whatever, like as far as your entire photography or career of photography goes, like who has been the best person to work with besides Jack? Cool. Yeah. I was going to say that answers so easy. <laughs> me. Uh, um, I don't know. There's so many, like what's crazy about this job is I've been able to touch and like be in people's spaces. Like I can't even count the number of people that have just I've walked away from like feeling more full than when I entered. Um, one person that stands out is someone early, early on in my freelance career. Her name is Emily Baltz. She is an experimental food photographer. And I was on a 10-day James Beard shoot with her when I was early on in my photo career. My friend was actually studying nutrition at NYU and there had been a forum on like their listserv about a photo assistant for the shoot. So she forwarded it over to me and it was a 10-day unpaid, of course, um, photo assistant shoot. And she just seeing the way she worked was so inspiring. Um, and working alongside her was like just unbelievable and showed me the caliber at which like of just such a high standard to hold myself at. Um, and then after that, we worked together a few more times. I I would assist her on a couple shoots. So she's someone that I didn't photograph directly, but like worked alongside of that just really blew my mind and has stayed with me all these years. I feel like I'll never really, I could never pay her enough gratitude really. Yeah. That sounds amazing. I would have, I would love to be a fly on the wall, like a food shoot. I feel like that would be just so sick. It's, it's, there's so much work. It's crazy. There's so much work (laughs) involved in that. It was, it was nuts. It was very cool. I, I like truly wanted to eat 
everything and anything. <laughs> I mean, I probably would. I was like, there. Don't uh. be awesome. Um, no, that sounds so epic. I didn't, I didn't, I, I mean, I heard you talk about that before, but I didn't realize that that was sort of like at the beginning of it all. You oh, know? yeah. And even another, I mean, I guess the other big person that stands out for me actually shooting was this couple, Joseph and Brandon, and they were my sister's friends. They were, I think, my uh, second or third wedding that I had ever booked. And they were a gay couple in New York City when I was living in New York at the time. And they, like, I don't even know why they hired me, but they saw something in me. My prices and portfolio were like bare bottom at that <laughs> point. And, you know, I had been busting my ass. And this was like end of 2015 when I just like, I think everyone hits that low point of like, you start off really high and you're like, I can do this. The world is my oyster. And then you go into it more and more and you're like, oh fuck, like I am so screwed. Like why is nothing happening? Like why are the opportunities that I'm wanting not here yet? So I was in a hundred percent like that mud of it. And I remember taking engagement photos and one mantra I always have in my head and I especially had in those early years was just do, I don't care if this couple is like not dressed well or uninspiring or whatever, just do the best job you can do at every single shoot that you're given. Make them the happiest people alive when they receive their photos and like good things will come from that. Like I, I couldn't see it at the time, but like I knew that something would be around the corner as long as I just like did that thing that day really, really well. And I remember being in Central Park with the boys. It was at the end of their engagement session. And this was around the time when Amy Schumer was like the hot new actress and Trainwreck was just coming out. And all of a sudden we're taking engagement photos under a bridge. It's like the most cliche thing I've ever done probably. And all of a sudden this runner taps them on the shoulder and they're like, she's like, hey, can I get in a photo? And I think all of us were like weirded out and I clicked my camera literally just once. And then she kind of turns to them and she just goes, you know, I'm like really famous. And we all, <laughs> we all hear, or I, they hear first and I kind of am like, wait, what's going on? Like, get this chick out of here. And I walk closer and I just like, quote, say, holy shit, you're Amy <laughs> Schumer, unquote. And I like ran back that night and told my stepdad and long story short, the engagement session went like totally, totally viral and it got like 20,000 clicks on my website, my shitty, shitty Squarespace website at the time. And yeah, it was one of those things where like it brings you back to like, I didn't know at the time where any of this was going, but I knew that my work ethic was going to get me somewhere. And I could say that all of that was luck or I could say that it was just good timing for everything that was leading up until that point. Or, I mean, I'm super big on signs. And if Amy Schumer running through a random, under a random bridge that you happen to be shooting under to take a picture with you isn't a sign. Yeah. I don't really know <laughs> what else it is a sign. But yeah. Then, oh my God, that is so epic. And yeah. that, I mean, I need to find that. You need to show me that photo. I will. I will. <laughs> I'm really jealous of that couple. But, um, is shooting with a couple different or that crazy different than shooting one-on-one -on -one with a person? 
Yeah, because there's a whole new energy in the space. And you're also photographing them for like a completely different purpose. Um, so yeah, it's like, I, I joke that I'm like a psychiatrist by trade because I just like analyze people. That's like my job is to just analyze couples and relationships and human connection. And so when a couple is with me, I it's hard to say, but I just, I think that like in essence, it's the same, but I think with you, it's more of this creative collaboration where we're talking about the shoot that we want to get. We're calculating how we're going to get there. And with a couple, it's almost like I, um, it's almost like I try to trick them a little bit. Like I know my own tricks. I play on them to like get them to open up to me. So for example, um, I'll start by just saying like, so tell me guys how you met. And like, obviously there's always this banter around like, no, I thought this and I thought that. And they just start, you know, I, I start with things that I know that they're going to want to talk about. And I kind of just let them have the floor and chime in and find anything that can be relatable. I think um, when people feel familiarity from someone else, it immediately makes them feel more comfortable. So when there's a guy or a girl there that isn't like the most comfortable with photos, I usually don't start shooting until like 20 minutes after I'm hanging out with them so that they can just start to feel more okay about things. And one thing I always say to couples that I think help them a lot is even if I know the photo is going to come out well, I'm like, all right, guys, I'm going to try something. Like just go with me on this. It could turn out or it could not, but like we're going to just have fun with it. And I think if I just shed my vulnerability a little bit with them, then they feel – because they're already so vulnerable being photographed. Um, I think it helps them a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's literally intimacy. And I, I've said this before. Like I don't mean intimacy in the sexual way. I mean like into me you see. That's like literally letting them into you, being vulnerable yourself so that they're even more comfortable being vulnerable themselves. It's exactly what you're saying. Exactly. Um, yeah. And a photo shoot is a very intimate setting. It's a very intimate thing. Um, but thinking to when you do shoot Daniel and I, he will will for sure be that situation where you're like, so how'd you guys meet? And he's going to say, J-Date. And yeah. like, that's literally not true. You've, you're a dad and you've made that joke 12 times. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real story. Um, but that's, it, I'm sure all couples have that. I love that. That's so cute. Yeah. Um, so last but not least, before we wrap this this up, my favorite question of all, it's that burning question, but I, I would love to know who your inner babe is or who the inner babe is to you. I think my inner babe is a creative powerhouse who knows what she wants and how to get there. I've always been a really sure person and maybe not in personal life all the time, but in professional life, I just know who I am as a creative and I go after that. And I've always trusted my intuition fully and completely. So I've always listened to that. And anytime I don't feel like my inner babe, um, I just, you know, go back to that time that I do feel the most confident. And when I do know that like my shit is good and I'm worthy of this job and this life. And then it hopefully whips me back into my place. Hell yeah. 
You are a creative powerhouse. That is literally <laughs> your inner babe in a nutshell. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. I loved talking to you. I can't wait to see you soon. And um, you're really so special. And I, and if you guys don't follow Alicia on Instagram, follow her. You can find her through at Jack Gould. My Instagram, you can find her on hers. Alicia, you want to tell them where to find you? Sure. Yeah. You guys can find me at Alicia Tova, A-L-I-S-H-A-T-O-V-A on Instagram, alishatova.com for my work. I have a podcast out called The Freelance Hustle. You can find that on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is like my wheelhouse, Jack. This is what I do every week on mine. Yep. So yep. <laughs> I'm like, plug away, girl. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's epic. Her, her podcast is amazing. You can listen to her beautiful voice. Um, she's <laughs> DRG. But thank you so much for being here and thank you all for listening. I will see you back next time, but just remember the inner babe. You clearly already have her. So just keep tuning in to find her or hire Alicia to shoot her. And I promise we'll set that bitch free. Hey guys, it's Jack again. I'm still here, but now that you've listened and you know who your inner babe is and what she's all about, you might be wondering exactly how you can find her, ignite her, and then set that bitch free. Well, the good news is there are a lot of ways. First things first, find me on Instagram, at Jack Goulds, where I go even deeper on some of the topics I cover on the podcast. I share personal anecdotes, a lot about my dog, and truthfully aim to bring a dose of honesty to your feeds, and I'd love nothing more than to connect with you on there. And then if you really can't get enough, you can also read my blogs, check out my recipes, and even sign up for a quick breakthrough session to learn more on yearnerbabe.com. But finally, and most importantly, if you know someone or you're someone who could benefit from a total reconnection to themselves and increased overall self-worth, you can find out more about my business and about my approach to mentality coaching at any of the aforementioned channels. DM me on Instagram. I always respond. Contact me through the website. Email me at Jacqueline at yourunderbabe.com. And please, please comment and subscribe to this podcast. You guys listening and spreading the inner babe word means the absolute world to me. This episode was produced by Dante32.